We all know the damage that fires are capable of. What we don't always understand is the cause, behavior, and what to do in the aftermath of a fire. Today, you'll understand these aspects just a little bit more. Welcome to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. We will give you tips on fire prevention, how to deal with insurance matters, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Donna and Mike. Hello and welcome to Speaking of Fire. This is your host, Mike Slatman. I am a past president of the International Association of Arson Investigators and honored to be so. Uh, An expert in fire investigations, having over 45 years of experience doing that. And I am also uh, the uh, manager of CFIS, which is Consolidated Fire Investigation Services, 200 fire investigators all over the country in an alliance. And this is Donna Ingram. I'm a past director of the International Association of Arson Investigators and have over 30 years experience in the industry and welcome to Speaking of Fire. Thank you. For Donna, for coming back, you know, you've been gone a couple of weeks and, you know, and, I, and Aaron, our great uh, engineer, uh, has been missing you along with the rest of the audience. They've been having to listen to me and I'm sure glad you're back. Everything okay? Everything's great. Just busy with work. Yeah. Well, hey, listen, I've heard something about you. I understand you're going to be giving a class uh, down in, in Georgia. Tell us about that. Yes, this July, the Georgia chapter uh, is in Savannah every year. Um, well, the Southern Georgia training of the IAAI is in Savannah. They get about two or 300 people a year. And uh, myself and co-worker Kirk Hankins, who's also a past president of the IAAI, will be doing a report writing class, four hours, long time, first day. So we're going to kick that seminar right off, <laughs> and we're going to use some good examples. We're going to talk about 921, 1033, ASTM standards, uh, the works, and how that all fits together, and actually, you know, how to classify, uh, determine between cause and classification. Right, and you're uh, actually you're involved in a CFI Trainer uh, .net uh, module coming up on on that, aren't you, on, on determines or something? Yeah, we'll be putting together a, a module for CFITrainer.net through the international, um, for fire officers, just to clarify uh, what undetermined really means and, and what it doesn't mean. That's great. Well, I'm sure happy that they've got you. Um, speaking of Kirk Hankins, uh, uh, Kirk works with us and he works for, for Fire Consulting International, uh, our company. Um, and he and uh, Chip Barnhart of Barnhart Consulting Services are going to be doing a four-hour block at the International Training Conference in Frisco, Texas here coming up uh, next week um, on, um, on commercial kitchen fires. So uh, anybody that's going to Frisco uh, for that, um, for the International Training Conference of the International Association of Arson Investigators, that's Thursday morning. Also, there's another um, there's another class that's uh, going to be good. Uh, Jensen Hughes is putting on uh, um, one on um, on uh, wildland fires, um, and uh, I think that's a good one. And then I'll be giving a class, uh, an expert witness testimony class, um, uh, in Fort Worth on three days prior to the international. Um, where I will be appearing, of course, as the education, I'm not education, I'm sorry, as the uh, elections chairman, well, I'll tell everybody who won the election. So that's a bunch of stuff that's going on here um, at uh, national level. And um, and they can get in touch with the Georgia chapter if they want to go to Savannah. Is that right, Donna? That's right, yes. That's great. Okay, so we're, today we're going to go outside of our usual format in that we don't have a we don't have a guest uh, other um, than ourselves here, but we're going to talk about something that's dear and near and dear to my heart, and, and it's truth, um, integrity, um, and uh, and ethics. Um, and truth is very important uh, in in all of our <laughs> in all aspects of our lives. And uh, and if you if you looked up a, a an explanation like a, a definition of it, it's the quality or the state of being true. That is that which is true in accordance with fact or reality, the truth. 
a fact or a belief that is accepted as true. Um, something that can be verified even by scientific uh, methods, and we do that in fire investigations. So it's very important for um, people to know what the truth is, and um, and truth is is not a relative thing. It's not the truth today. Um, it's truth today that the that the sun rises, and it's truth that it that it sets. Okay. But truth can, is a verifiable thing. And, and I always tell people that you have to tell the truth and you have to tell the truth all the time. Uh, you have to, and, and, it's, uh, and it's not only based on what Abraham Lincoln used to say, which he said, nobody's got a good enough memory to be a successful liar. That's, that doesn't what makes the truth. Uh, and when we're doing fire investigations or we're on the stand or we're giving depositions, they use a thing called the Socratic, the Socratic method of questioning. Now, that comes from Socrates. And that's a form of inquiry based on asking questions in order to stimulate critical thinking, illuminate ideas, illuminate ideas, and ultimately by the systematic elimination of untenable theories to arrive at the truth. So as fire investigators, we have to develop hypotheses, test those, and then settle on a final hypothesis, which becomes our truth. Um, I had a great um, had a great attorney one time, Mark Powell, down in in Wichita, tell tell me that the the people that we present our facts to uh, are the juries, and the juries are. They're not sophisticated in fire investigation. They don't know a lot about fire spread, uh, fire dynamics, or anything else. But they do understand when you're telling them the truth, that the truth has a ring to it. That was his, that was his uh, bottom line. The truth has a ring to it. And even the most unsophisticated audience or, or person can understand if you're telling them the truth. You do that with your own children. Your children looks at you and, uh, who broke that? I don't know. It uh, wasn't me. Uh, whatever. Um, anyway, you know when they're telling you the truth or not, all right? Um, actually, we end up teaching our children how to lie. And we're saying, they're saying at the mall, oh, that woman's fat. And <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. She looks fine today. Just tell her she looks fine today. Okay. Well, all right. So we're kind of teaching the same way with grandma. Grandma comes in and says, well, you're, you're saying to, you're, you're teaching this, this child. He's, they're standing there and they're little tape recorders. You don't know it, but they are. And they say, oh, mom, you look great today. Aren't you feeling well? You're feeling well. You look good. When in, nah, it's not really. So we have to think about telling the truth. Now, of course, Grandma, is there a little thing like, uh, is there some kind of white lie or something? Is there something that doesn't, isn't exactly the truth that you, that you don't, that you say something that is not to hurt somebody else's feelings? Well, that's for you to, that's for you to decide, you know. Um, you, knowledge Knowledge is, uh, in, two, in 360 BCE, the idea that knowledge has justified true belief. To know something, you must believe it, it must be true, and you must be able to justify its truth with evidence. Now, that would be really great if we could just know what is exactly true, all right? Um, we have currently an administration in Washington that has a very difficult time with the truth. And what happens is they will deny, well, the particular president will deny that he said something when you have a videotape of him saying it. Now, I think the videotape is kind of like evidence, okay, that, that was said. Now, um, even giving him the, the biggest doubt, you know, the, the, <laughs> um, the, the biggest break, you, you, can't, you can't lie and say you didn't do something when there is video evidence of your doing it. I mean, that's, a, that's the old joke about, I know that's not, I know it's, I didn't do that. I know that videotape looks like me, but that's not me. Uh, that's a joke. That's not real. And then 
in, in about 400 in the common era, St. Thomas Aquinas was, uh, was a proponent uh, that uh, human rational mental capacities can be broadly divided into intellect and will. The former, which is intellect, is the reasoning part, and the latter is the will, is concerned with goodness, but it's still subject to the intellect. So if, if we want to do good and we are t- intelligent enough to, to know the difference between what is good and what is bad and what is truth and what is a lie, then it's, uh, it's up to our free will, right, to do it, right? So I'm going to jump around with a couple more things. This, this is all laying a foundation because we're going somewhere with this. Uh, in 1765, Immanuel Kant, who, is a, who was a philosopher, uh, said that deciding on an action should be accounted, to be accounted as moral or immoral was this. Would it be right for everyone if everyone did the same thing? Would it be right if everybody did the same thing? Only if the answer to this question was affirmative would the action be acceptable. So, for example, um, it is permissible to borrow money only if you pay it back. Because if everyone borrowed money without paying it back, then borrow, borrowing would soon become, become impractical, right? Because nobody would be paying it back. So there's this categorical imperative that if it's right, everybody if everybody would do it, it's the right thing to do, right? So now, not everybody lies, not everybody cheats, and nobody, not everybody steals, and not everybody lies, and particularly under oath. You don't want to lie under oath, and that we're going to get to that. But sometimes people, the Goebbels did this in World War II, Hitler's um, propaganda minister. What they did is they they, they formed a big lie. And the big lie was that the Jewish people were less than human, that they were rodents, that they were vermin, that they, that they, were, that they, were, they were the cause of all bad things in the world and, that, and that, um, that they should be eradicated. That was a big lie. And just from, here's a, there's, a, there's an argument, um, there's an argument about repetition and that's what's going on now. And these are common fallacies that, that you can look them up. There's a hundred common fallacies, and this is one of them. Argument from repetition. Some people argue by steamrolling the op- opposition, repeating the same point over and over, often in the same words, but saying something that doesn't, just saying something doesn't make it true. Argument from repetition is just another form of a bullying tactic. Now, that's what's going on now. Just to say that people coming into this country are all bad, are, are, they're all a drain in our system, that they don't contribute anything, that they should all be thrown out of the country, just because they repeat that lie over and over again doesn't make it true. I wish people would think a little bit about that. Uh, anybody that knows uh, or is working in the, in the workforce knows that the people coming into this country, intellectual people, they contribute to our society. They start new businesses and things of that nature. And then let's go to the last thing that I think is another fallacy, and that's guilt by association. You must you you might dislike someone, but that does not mean that you should discount everything he or she or she says. Neither should you condemn people out of hand simply because of the company they keep. Now, that's right. I had a friend that was a that was a, a good guy. We liked him and everything else. He was a fire investigator, and what happened? And he stole money. He stole money. We liked him. Uh, but anybody that was his friend didn't make them thieves. So you have to 
pick and choose exactly know what you're talking about before you start condemning people, right? Now, when they prove that they're dishonest, when they lie about doing something and they've got videotape on them, when they, when they admit to, to doing things that are immoral and proper, uh, then you should, ju- you should be able to determine whether or not, um, whether or not you're going to believe them in the future. Um, I realize I've gone on and on about this, but this is, this is some, some things that you really need to think about because you're going to end up telling, if you're in a fire investigator, you're going, you're going to be putting yourself out there as a ethical person that's going to tell the truth and has integrity, you know, and, and ethics is, we'll talk about ethics in a minute, but, uh, you know, if you have, if you talk about if you just talk about uh, integrity, integrity is the quality of being honest or having a strong moral principles, moral uprightness, uh, honor, righteousness, morality, virtue, decency, fairness, truthfulness, trustworthiness. That's what we have to be as fire investigators. I want to jump in here too, and when we're talking about the truth. Um, part of being able to discern that is education. And that's a a good example would be, um, and I'm going to tag off of something you said earlier about when it's being repeated, it becomes truth because people hear it over and over and so they begin to believe it, it, even themselves to themselves. I've met people that lie to themselves and then it becomes their truth because they've said it enough. Um, A good example of that is, as far as fire investigation goes, knowing about fire. (laughs) A good example would be, uh, years ago, uh, spalling. It was out there, and the truth was, for fire investigators years ago, is that if you saw spalling in the concrete, then that meant that there was some type of a ignitable liquid accelerant used. As science progressed and as we learned and as we, you know, 20 years later, we now know that that's not the case. So the truth was what it was, and now it's because of education and because of learning. And so it's as a professional and to have integrity and, and to tell the truth, you need to know the truth. You need to know, you need to educate yourself, and you need to make sure that you, I'll let you elaborate, Mike, because you're good at it. <laughs> uh, you need to do uh, the things that you need to do to be a professional. Exactly right. And so, now, yeah, exactly right. And by the way, just to throw in spalling again, uh, it's, there's now about, uh, I don't know, four or five paragraphs about spalling and how it was a misconception and all that but it also can be it can be an indicator of an ignitable liquid it just has to be in a pattern and you need positive right. samples and things of that nature right. but but what i'm saying to you is yeah you're donna is absolutely right you there there are there's research there's um when when something is taken as um as a fact and then the conditions or research changes then you have to go with uh, the new research, but there isn't a, a thing, a fact is something that's indisputable. The sun rises and sets, right? It's for us on, on the earth, right? Um, it's something that is verifiable. It's, it's um, a piece of information uses evidence, uh, part of a report, and part of a news article that's been verified, okay? Uh, a specific element, a point, uh, a factor, a feature, um, information that's verifiable is a fact, okay? Now, the facts didn't change that spalling could be an indicator, but it was always an indicator. That was what, that's the problem. The problem was the always part. It's right. always or, it's always or never, right? It's, you know, nothing is always and nothing is never, right because it can happen but um i just want you to i want i want to know that i mean what we have to do and and this is what i tell say tell the people in my expert witness testimonies okay oh this is this is what you do if you're on the stand number one 
or any deposition, any kind of Socratic questioning, right? Okay, is this. One, listen to the question. Two, think. Think about the answer to that question. Three, only answer that question. Always telling the truth. Only answer that question, always telling the truth. And then shut up. Because what happens is people make a great answer to a question. It's the truth. And then they'll go running on blah, 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 blah. And then open up all kinds of different areas of inquiry that they have no factual basis for. What we're supposed to do is we're supposed to tell the truth. And we're supposed to tell the truth all the time. Uh, we report, Donna, You tell them something about report writing. You, What do you put in your reports? Facts. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Something that you can verify, right? Something that has something to back it up. The truth has something to back it up. Okay, just and because... Matter of fact, the IWI has, and I'm sure it's in your pocket, Mike, is the challenge coin. The International Association of Arson Investigators challenge coin that says... We are truth seekers, not case makers. That comes straight out of the IAAI Code of Ethics, the International Association of Arson Investigators Ethics. Um, uh, and, and, that's, and on the back of it, it says, I'm a truth seeker, not a case maker. I carry this everywhere I go. I pull it out at every joint examination almost, where I think somebody might not be dealing with the truth. Uh, professionalism through education around the world, it says on the back of this coin, because that's what we need to be. We need to be educated. But we also always have to tell the truth. So I'm going to hit I'm going to hit a couple of things about the truth that I think is important. And um, and G George Washington, although we don't know about that cherry tree, he did say the truth will ultimately prevail prevail where there is pains to bring it to light. The truth will ultimately prevail where there is pains to bring it to light. And all that means is that, that of course, we, um, we, want, uh, we want to tell the truth, but we have to be able to, to prove it. And, um, and that's, again, we go back, what? We go back to um, what's verifiable and what, uh, there's no... There's a, a big lie out on the street right now that says there are alternative facts, alternative explanations. Well, there might be an alternative explanation, somebody believes, but there's not an alternative fact. Um, it's, it's amazing how some of the things that, that, that we hear are taken as from, a, from some authority figure or someone that's on TV, that we believe that, without any investigation. They don't do any reading. Nobody, you know, people need to read, you know. Uh, the, the, the first, <laughs> we're always talking about the Second Amendment to the Constitution. Let's talk about the First Amendment to the Constitution. What is it? Free speech. No, Congress shall make no law to abridge the freedom of speech of the people or the free press, a free press. There's certainly right now, and there's a big press on, uh, a big pressure against the press. Uh, we need that to be a society, uh, to be a real open society, we need the free press. And um, I wanna tell you that, that there are many things, um, there's many things that we, we need to, to think about. And one of them, Mahakam Begin, Mahakam Begin uh, the former Jewish leader, God bless his soul, uh, peace is the beauty of life. It is sunshine. It is the smile of the child, the love of a mother, uh, the joy of a father, the togetherness of a family. It's the advancement of man, the, the victory of a just cause, the triumph of truth. We've got to continue to look at what's true and what's not true. Okay. And um, when we're gonna, we're gonna take a break here in a minute. I'm gonna get a little bit off my high horse here, uh, but we're gonna talk about a, a little bit more about truth and a couple more 
uh, quotations about it, but we're going to talk about how does that relate to ethics in our profession? How does it uh, relate to integrity in business? And Donna, I'm sure that you'll have some input there since you're you're the operations manager of a director of operations of a investigation firm, won't you? Yes. Okay, well, thank you. So let's take a break now, and when you come back, please come back to Speaking of Fire. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Fire Consulting International provides consulting and expert fire origin and cause investigations. Our experienced, certified fire investigators have specialized skills to meet litigation requirements. We also provide peer review of reports for other investigative firms to assure they meet NFPA guidelines and ASTM standards. Educational classes and CEU classes are also provided. For professional investigations, contact Fire Consulting International at fcifire.com or call 913-262-5200. Fireanalysis.net offers cutting-edge, comprehensive programs unique to the insurance industry. Our vendor vetting assures regulatory compliance with the Sarbanes-Oxley Act, NFPA guidelines, and ASTM standards. We ensure that investigators' reports are in compliance with those standards. We also offer comprehensive programs to assure compliance with your company guidelines. Please contact fireanalysis.net. That's fireanalysis.net. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Speaking of Fire with Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram. To call in to today's show, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to connect at speakingoffire.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Speaking of Fire. Thanks for joining us. Before the break, we were talking about the truth and uh, reporting the truth, and we were talking about testifying and so forth. As a fire investigator, um, you are required to write a report of your findings, and those would be your fact findings. And so that is that is where your truth comes out, and it's verifiable. And we, as a company, um, we're on the private side uh, we actually do technical reviews and peer reviews of those reports also. So there are supervisors that are looking at and other experts that are looking at those reports. And not to uh, beat anybody up or, or correct them, but to, to verify that there, all the information's in there, that it is verifiable. Mike, you do a lot of that. Yeah, I do. I do. If we do it for other companies too, um, we have a a process where they can send us their report, and we'll uh, we'll uh, we'll either do a technical or peer review, and and make sure that all the uh, that every every area of inquiry has been covered. Uh, you know, make sure the proper witnesses are are uh, interviewed. That uh, that there are um, things that would support their their opinions. Um, that that's in there. Uh, whether it's any as simple as a definition of from 921 of of, of um, fire dynamics or something, uh, or fire patterns, and um, or two, uh, did they check the did they check the lightning uh, strike report? You know, it's we we just try to help them out. Well, and it's also a matter of of. All of the information getting in there, something that I tell everyone in in report writing is, um, of course, report writing, sitting down to write the report is like the worst part of the job for a fire investigator. Nobody likes to do it. And 
one of the reasons is it's very psychological. Once you've cleared a scene and you've gotten your samples back, whatever it is, you've interviewed your witnesses, all of that, in your mind, that's you've already come to a conclusion. So now you have to sit down and write all of this down. And not only have you mentally already kind of checked out, in a sense, because you've reached your conclusion, the hunt's over, so to speak. <laughs> so that so now you have to write it down. Uh, but but the other part of that is trying to remember everything because there's a lot of steps that are taken. There's there's different hypotheses that you've examined, and you need to remember what those were that you already eliminated and be able to verify that, put that in writing on on how that happened. And so it becomes tedious. Oh, that's true, and yeah, and it's uh, and I, well, not only that, but the well, the the hardest person that to convince what the cause of the fire is should be the fire investigator. They should be the one that's the hardest. They're there. They're looking at it. So, and then you're right. They have to enumerate all of this into a report, um, and um, and so it's tedious. And there's no such thing as a perfect report. So, you find that all the time, don't you, Donna? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to go there. That's a whole different uh, show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like I like your thing about the what about the even punctuation. Talk talk about the uh the guy standing on it, the the tuna what Oh, yeah. That was an example that I used to use with punctuation about a a 6-foot man-eating tuna. Uh, where you put your comma, a 6-foot man comma eating tuna versus a 6-foot man Eating tuna. <laughs> Man eating tuna. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And without that comma, it's it was six, six foot man eating tuna was standing on the corner. Yeah. So, I thought that was funny. Anyway, but also honesty. Um, uh, John Thomas Jefferson said honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom. So you have to be honest in your opinions and and also anything that's well, okay, let's think about it in, like, in a criminal setting, okay? Anything that is that is damning is one thing, but anything that's exculpatory, is inculpatory and exculpatory, or anything that that shows that 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 brings up doubt, also has to be has to be reported. Uh, it can't be concealed, and it, and it needs to be in there. That you'd considered that. Um, so we do a lot of uh, we do a lot of uh, we developed all these hypotheses and we eliminated these a lot of them and then finally got to the final hypothesis um, and, which is in the end our determination and our truth you know and so um, and you've well when you're going to teach with with Kirk uh, down in um, Savannah you're going to talk about are you going to talk about formatting? You're going to talk about structure. You're going to talk about content. Donna. Content uh, mostly because each you know department is is going to have their own. We're going to have some. I always have a suggestion of of a good solid format. Um, we're not really going to get into grammar and punctuation a whole bunch. Those those are things that happened much earlier <laughs> in people's yes. career. And thank gosh for you know Microsoft and and spell check and other people reviewing reports because, you know, it, it varies from place to place and spelling and so forth. We're from the days that we had to use actual dictionaries and thesaurus <laughs> uh, yeah. manually. There wasn't a computer to help us out, uh, but I think that, yeah, um, thank gosh for that. But, no, it's, it's more about... <laughs> When we talk about the truth, again, we're talking about it being verifiable, and we're talking about supporting evidence. So when you when you are reporting something as fact, because it is, you have to be able to prove that. And so we're going to talk more about how we go about doing that and what to put in a report, what not to put in a report. Right, and... Um yeah, that's that's great because um, we we do have to put in uh, all factually based, following the scientific method, a systematic approach. 
uh, utilizing that uh, approach and, and getting to the final determination is, um, it, well, if you do it properly and you're properly trained and you, and you continue with the 16 things you have to be aware of and, and trained in as per 1033, <clears throat> and excuse me, in a PA 1033, then you're going to be able to uh, to report something factually. But you're right, Donna. We're all victims of our socialization and our uh, educational system. Uh, right, yeah. and even even 921 yeah. and FPA 921 doesn't have but a couple of paragraphs about report writing because the report writing, again, the formatting and so forth and, and the, staying in, in the scope of, of your your task. You know, there's different different people. There's, there's expert witnesses and then there's just fact witnesses. So each report's going to read a little different. So there's not really a good way to address and, and, you, and we should not be telling people, you know, how to do specific things, especially if they're tasked within a different scope. And so there's not a lot in 921. 1033 does point out the 16 things you shall know. Uh, 921 is a guide and says this is this and, and gives you a good place to look for things and, and how to go about doing it. Um, it's same with the reports too. Yeah, that's really true. And no, that's absolutely true. Um, <clears throat> you know, um, yeah. Well, as long as you follow the systematic approach and you and you uh, and you report the facts and uh, the facts as they are that are verifiable, you should be okay. Um, there, I mean, there's 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 instances when other things will come up where you need uh, subject matter experts that will help you or engineers. That's fine, um, uh, and and then um, you utilize those resources if you can. Uh, but we have to, you know, one of the things. Since there's no perfect report and there's no perfect investigator, including me and 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 all of everybody, um, we all have our little faults, our, our faults and our, our our problems. But as long as we are telling the truth and we're ethical, um, and we know uh, and we have some integrity that we stick to our guns, that we just not wishy-washy. And one day I say one thing, and the next day I say another. That's that's not integrity. Uh, that, and in fact, Albert Einstein said, who, who, "Whoever is careless with the truth, it, in small matters, in small matters, cannot be trusted with important matters." So, if you know that there's a fire investigator that is constantly lying and uh, and and is are 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 changing things for only their client or something. Um, that's no. That's that's careless. It's careless in small matters, even, uh, but it's very big matters if they're if they're not telling the truth when it comes to um, the actual finding findings. Uh, if they're trying to subvert the cause away from their particular interest, that's that's wrong, and it's and it's not something that is in any way connected with integrity. Um, I know some people, listen up, Dan, I know some people that wouldn't tell the truth if it helped them. They're just constantly saying something that is not true. And they say it to their own people and they say it to the people and they testify to it on the stand. And, and uh, some of these people are dalberted out and some people uh, are eventually caught. But some people just skate for years. Uh, they just really do. Um, but according to Buddha, three things cannot be long hidden, the sun, the moon, and the truth. So someday, uh, it's like the Buddhists believe that all, all, uh, <laughs> all energy that you give out comes back to you. I believe that. Now, I'm not Buddhist, but I believe that all the energy, that all the negative energy you give out comes back, all the positive energy you get out comes back. Um, and, and so they I'm also hoping. say that the truth is always watching you, which is true. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and Martin Luther King, who who I is um, Bobby Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy, uh, all these people are, are wonderful. When I was I was young, I, I um, 
the, in the age of Camelot, um, I actually believe we could change the world, and we did. We did change the world. Some of it was good. Some of it wasn't. Um, he said, Martin Luther King said, I refuse to accept the view that mankind is so tragically bound to the starless midnight of racism and war that bright daylight of peace and brotherhood can never become a reality. I believe that unharmed, I'm sorry, I believe that unarmed truth and unconditional love will have the final word. We're still waiting for that. Um, It's been 40 years in a poor poor people since the poor people's march on Washington. 40 years, and guess what? Last week they started it again. They needed to. Isn't that a shame? How, how far have we not come? Um, so, <laughs> and Winston Churchill uh, said, uh, a lie can travel halfway around the world while the truth is putting on its, on its pants. <laughs> so, so people lie and people believe it. So let's not, let's not lie. Let's not be one of those people. So let's talk about ethics for a minute. Uh, integrity is, is being that person that tells the truth and is known to tell the truth, is trustworthy, etc. Now, ethics, ethics is, ethics is kind of a harder thing. Uh, Martin Luther King says it's always the right time to do the right thing, which is true. Um, but sometimes ethics is situational for some people. Now, situational ethics... Um, Let's think about that. There's there's not any easy answers to ethics. It's it's where it's how you your mores your your values um, that you interpret those in the way you work and before you make a decision, you you have to look at things. I mean, there's a there's a lot of philosophers: Aristotle, uh, Immanuel Kant, uh, Kierkegaard, um, Nietzsche. Nietzsche was a terrible, oh gosh, he, um, he said that, um, he argued that to implement moral revolution, a corrected, that you had to correct virtues, and instead of humility, uh, instead of humility, you put in pride in place of sympathy and pity, uh, in place of sympathy and pity, you should put in contempt and aloofness, and in place of one's One's na- uh, loving one's neighbor, you just tolerate them. Whoa, what a horrible life that guy must have had. And, and that was why he was one of, the, um, one of the heroes of the Nazis, Nietzsche. Um, anyway, but he didn't believe that, he, unlike the Nazis, he didn't believe that the state had priority over the individual. Um, the Nazis do. And that's what scares me to death is when you have an authoritarian dictators running Putin uh, is one, um, the Ayatollahs, um, people that, that are authoritarian and, and you don't have freedom of speech and, and uh, they, they're working on, on, on the principles that we just talked about from, from, uh, from Nietzsche. Um, you, you can't have that kind of thing and, and live in the world and, and give it and give a darn about other people. Um, so a man without ethics is a wild beast loosed upon the world. And, uh, and I'm afraid we have a lot of that going on around, right now. Um, so where do we get our ethical rules and religion? If you don't have any religion, oh, you have, you've, you've got, uh, oop, you got a little bit of, backwards there although um, some religions are scary in that how you can how can you accept a person that has absolutely no no morals and then let them be your hero I worry about that Um, sometimes your socialization mom and dad mom and dad helps teach you ethical rules uh, uh, but a lot of it comes from your own life experiences Um, a person's own value system comes from that I was I went I went to Catholic school. Okay, so I had Sister Mary Holywater. Uh, I always call her that. She's really. I had some saintly nuns, and I had a couple of them that hit me. <laughs> so um, I learned some things not to do. Don't do not pull little girls' pigtails while the nuns are looking. I just want you to know that. 
don't do that. <laughs> okay, because I got smacked for that. Um, and uh, but at the same time, that didn't stop my pulling the pigtails. I just was more careful about when I did it. But anyway, but uh, ethically, that was probably not the best choice. Um, so, what's moral is it, it's implies conformity with the generally accepted standards of behavior, right? What's good? What's what's generally used to describe a person or a moral person, right? It's not a person that that uh, that is a philanderer, a, a, a lech, uh, somebody that goes out, steals, uh, um, and and things of that nature. Uh, ethical, though, ethical is conformity with um, a, a code of moral principles. Okay, how people behave, conduct themselves. An ethical lawyer, an ethical secretary. That's not a oxymoron, by the way, an ethical lawyer. There's a lot of them out there. And it implies truthfulness, integrity, and honesty. That's what you're, if you're ethical. And the reason why do you, why do you act ethically? You act ethically because uh, it's, it's not easy sometimes to do the right thing. Sometimes, uh, sometimes you have to, some it's not in your own interest to be ethical. Um, Okay, so let's say we have a, a case where you know that this, uh, let's say there's an adjuster out there that really doesn't like this insured and really thinks that he did the fire. And that he, and he thinks that he has these red flags and that means that he did it. That's the guy that's jumping to conclusions because there's a, a for sale sign in the yard that means it's arson. That doesn't mean that, okay? Um, you know that he he's not going to like it when you tell him no. This is he's totally not it. He's he didn't do it. It's an accidental fire. Oh yeah, but how come this and how come that? Well, too bad. Too bad. You're going to tell him the truth because you have to. Um, they have moral and tangible, professional benefits to telling the truth. When you get to know, when you get to tell your client, whatever it is, the truth all the time then they know you're going to tell them the good and the bad and the ugly. When the guy did it, when he didn't do it, when the product did it, when it didn't do it, if you maintain your integrity, if you tell the truth all the time, they're going, it's going to show. You're going to be socially approved. You're going to be more, you'll have moral standing. If you don't do that, you can have censure. You can lose. You can get thrown out of the international immediately if you're lying. We, if, if, and there's a, a complaint. You can get your licenses pulled. You can get stalwarted out of a of a case. You can get a civil action against you. You can get sued. You can get criminal. It, it, lie to Congress or lie to the FBI, and you can go to jail. Okay, don't do that. <laughs> uh, in cases of moral turpitude, um, such as messing around on your wife, you can get a divorce, you can lose the family, you can lose friendships, and you can be scandalized in public. Although, I wonder what you have to do nowadays to be scandalized in public. It's amazing to me that how intelligent people cannot see scandal as 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 a bad thing, a terrible thing. So. When you're going to make a decision, list the possible options. Options. What are the positive and the negative outcomes of that? And then do the right thing according to your principles, your values and principles. Um, I am, I'm told, but I don't know this to be the truth, that there are some, certain um, uh, customs in certain people's uh, other countries that say uh, it's okay to lie as long as the family gets something out of it. Well, that's not our that's not our Judeo-Christian background. I've been a Catholic all my life, and, and my mother was a convert, and and there's nothing more stringent than a convert from to Catholicism. Everything was black and white. I believe in a lot of gray, but I do know that there is black and white. Did you want to say anything about this, Donna? I do want to say something because I know we're getting close to the end here of um, because we've we've talked about uh, you know the the downside of of this and in people that are lying and so forth. Luckily, in law enforcement and fire service, 
um, in the insurance industry really uh, more more than I mean the major majority are good ethical uh, truth seeking truth reporting people uh, that's one of the reasons that you have uh, the pride of the men in blue and and people love firefighters and this and that is because really principled people are the ones that enter enter the profession I'm not saying no other profession is that way but as the bulk majority it's very rare that we come across uh, ladies in the evening and, and so forth in this business I just wanted yeah. to put that out there you're absolutely correct and I and understand that I, I know I'm preaching to the choir when I say these things okay however there are some out there that might be having a problem and I want to try and help them because they can rationalize things. They can say it's necessary so it's okay for do this or it's legal so it's okay or it's part of the job or I'm fighting with fire with fire or nobody will get hurt or these rationalizations. Um, uh, I worked my butt off so I earned it if you steal something. Uh, I can still be objective even though somebody is giving me something like these lobbyists uh, uh, paying them paying people off, um, or no one will know. That's the most dangerous one, uh, is nobody will know uh, if we are acting unethically. Um, so don't let those rationalization, rationalizations get in your way. Uh, Donna's right. That we are in a wonderful profession of honest people, but there are some out there that are ladies of the evening, and there are some out there that are in totally incompetent. And uh, we, they don't always get caught. <laughs> so what I'm trying to tell you is, uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is our belief that if you maintain your, if you tell the truth, you maintain your integrity, and you you have a good moral compass, okay, that you're going to be all right, and you're going to make it well in this profession. And we're going to come back next week, and we're going to come back with a an engineer. We're going to talk about... A guy that fire investigator works for an engineering firm, and he's going to talk about codes and and things of that nature. But it's going to be a it's going to be a fun one. It's not going to be boring. Okay, uh, Donnie, want to add anything and say goodbye? No, we'll uh, I'll see a good portion of you out in Texas next week. Looking forward to it. I'll be there too. So hey, look at think think about coming back, and when you come back, come back to speaking of fire. Thank you for tuning into Speaking of Fire. Please join your hosts, Mike Schlattman and Donna Ingram, for another edition of our program next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember to be careful this week and every week.